The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on High at Nine News are those of the individual speakers and not those of High at Nine News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Good morning, everybody. That's right. It is Thursday, November 30th, and today is the day of remembrance for all victims of chemical warfare. National Personal Space Day, because I guess everybody needs a little pink room or something like that. It's also National Mississippi Day. This is for all the trappers out there. It's National Mason Jar Day. And, oh, yeah, Rico, you're going to love this. You know what today is. That's right. It is 1130. Today is National Hash Hole Day. That's right. That's what you get when you combine 420 with 710. You get 1130. And so thank you, everyone, for getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that little bar down there at the bottom of the screen to see where we live on the Internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube. And now we are also all streaming on Rumble twitch twitter and facebook so welcome to everyone join us from any one of those platforms but kicking it off today that's right we have the dope dad himself that's right the man that chose to wear the orange cap today maybe because you know, orange is the color Chicago of Bulls. The... you see michael jordan i don't there? see michael Chicago jordan Bulls. all i see is orange bro you need to work on your color Chicago remediation Bulls. bro in your settings or something because that shit looks orange to me and i am not colorblind but nonetheless hey, it is the dope dad himself it is rico Lamit. I think this is your uh, your uh, your camera's settings are all all messed up. Jason. My 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 so camera rare. settings are off. Okay, that makes sense. Yo, but um, for the to get us started off today, we're going over to Germany because just a few months ago, Germany's cabinet approved plans to liberalize rules and cannabis possession and sale. The global cannabis community celebrated in anticipation of 2024's Oktoberfest being the most epic crossfade opportunity worldwide. But reports from several local media outlets on leaked documents yesterday reveal a total governmental bait and switch, which we Americans are kind of used to by now, but it's pretty unprecedented for European politics. Let's dive in. For the article, Germany's Traffic Light Coalition has reportedly agreed on a number of significant changes to the country's landmark Cannabis Act. 
According to unofficial reports from various outlets, the proposals are now due to be enacted in two separate parts with the decriminalization and home cultivation allowed from March, April, 20, uh, March through April, 2024 and the rollout of cultivation associations following in July, 2024. I had to move this, sorry y'all. Further, uh, further changes have been made to a number of core elements of the bill, including the 200 meter consumption ban, um, permitted quantities of possession and the country's medical cannabis domestic cultivation framework. While the news of simplifications have been positively re uh, received, the government's failure to amend legislation regarding hemp could mean a death blow for consumable products. So what's all this mean? Earlier this month, Business of Cannabis reported Fractions within the coalition working group responsible for hammering out the details of the CAN-G Act set to establish an adult use cannabis framework in the EU's most populous country had seen the final reading of the bill postponed. Although the reading is now due to be held just a few weeks later, parliamentary schedules mean the implementation of the laws have now been pushed back by a number of months after initially being promised for January 1st, 2024. Despite fears of uh, various fractions could require further time to find common ground. The report suggests that the SPD, Greens, FDP fractions, and Federal Ministry of Health, uh, which is also called the BMG, have uh, agreed on a number of key changes on the bill, which is now due to be discussed in the Bundestag in mid-December. While some new details have been posted on social media by Bundestag members, a leaked BMG report provided detailed insight into the government's plans. Major changes were made to domestic medical cannabis production. Germany's domestic production is uh, currently limited to just three companies. Three. It's set to be abolished, and the amount that can be grown will no longer be capped. Sounds a lot like California. Domican, one of the three companies within the, uh, with the license, said this new law offers a huge advantage. And co-founder and managing director, uh, Dr. Konstantin von der Groben, uh, told uh, Business of Cannabis that we are now free to cultivate as much cannabis as we want and uh, with no competition and can choose the strains we want to grow. Finally, there will be a level playing field and German cultivators can compete properly with importers. Given our lower production costs and easy logistics, we will hopefully see a boom in medical cultivation in Germany. Damacan, Aurora, and Tilray will probably benefit mostly from that given their first mover advantage with the existing cultivation in Germany. The hemp intoxication clause has also been, uh, has not been addressed, which means the potential for criminal prosecution in relation to non-psychoactive industrial hemp continues. So a huge loss for this, uh, the hemp CBD industry. Managing Director Jürgen Neumeyer called this completely incomprehensible, uh, adding that it continues to extremely hinder this sustainable industry. Mr. Neerman went even further, suggesting that this effectively meant that the German market for consumable industrial hemp products has thus been dealt a death, a death blow. The legal situation for CBD products and industrial hemp should continue to apply in the new law according to the will of the legislator. This means that misuse for intoxication purposes must continue to be ruled out for industrial hemp products. According to German law enforcement, including the Federal Court of uh, Justice, this abuse is not ruled out for CBD flowers and hemp leaf tea. These products are at risk of being permanently excluded from the German market. CBD oils and hemp extracts are not covered by the definition of industrial hemp in the law, but are instead considered cannabis, which is regulated under the new law, meaning production is prohibited. 
Even if CBD oils are approved as a novel food by the EU Commission, the products would therefore not be marketable in Germany at all, threatening a wave of lawsuits based on the principle of the free movement of goods in the EU. Could I see a German Brexit coming? I don't know. Uh, consumption zones. One of the most controversial elements of the previous draft was a requirement for consumption of adult-use cannabis to be banned within 200 meters uh, radius of schools, playgrounds, and cannabis clubs. Consumption will now be prohibited within sight of the entrance of these buildings, which uh, the, the new law assumes is within 100 meters, seeing the distance halved. I can see some eagle-eyed people out there snitching. Uh, finally, possession limits. Uh, major criticisms were also directed towards possession limits, given the new law would pre permit adults to grow up to three cannabis plants for personal consumption, which would pr produce significantly more cannabis than the 25 grams permitted. In light of this, the permitted possession of homegrown cannabis at one's place of residence has doubled to 50 grams. Anything over this cap to 60 grams would be considered an administrative offense, but anything over that would be a criminal offense. Specifically relates to dried cannabis as it aims to take into account the loss of weight around 80% in the drying process. So adults will now be able to legally harvest around 300 grams at home. Uh, the 25 grand limit still applies to public spaces, but in a similar two-tiered system will now be implemented where anything up to 30 grams will be considered an administrative offense, so like a misdemeanor here, uh, with anything above that considered criminal, meaning there is no risk of criminal liability for slightly exceeding those limits. I say it's a mixed bag here, loss for small cannabis companies uh, uh, looking to compete as they'll only have three companies uh, producing for the uh, entire medical market. They'll have no competition <laughs> there. Shout out to Tilray and Aurora. Uh, big uh, big win for them because they're losing in, uh, in Canada. Um, I think it's a win for the CBD Delta 8 haters, a loss for anybody in the country without access to local dispensary. Um, also, it's a mixed bag over there on the consumption side, uh, a win for the people that can uh, grow more at home, but uh, a loss for, uh, I mean, uh, I, guess, uh, I guess it's two wins there. Another win for the people who have a little bit over the limit and not really uh, um, risk having a felony over there. But um, I don't know. Those are just my takes. What do y'all think? I'm Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street for I had nine news. Oh, man. I'll tell Making you what. The same mistakes we make. I'll the same exact mistakes. I'll tell you right now, I'll, I'll tell you right now, Rico, any time that you hear a country or a government saying that they're going to liberalize laws, you know, someone's getting screwed. OK, they didn't say anything about legalizing it. They called it liberalizing it. And that means that that shit is going to be woke and going to be no bueno. Yo, you know what? At the end of the day, originally. They called it the liberal uh, the liberalization of cannabis laws because it was uh, completely prohibited before. So liberating it was freeing it, Jason. Well, I don't know. Not I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not buying. I'm not. I'm not buying that rhetoric. Liberating people so they can actually have adult use. Uh, so yeah, I don't, no, I don't think that. Um, I don't think that it's. Um, I don't think that it's. Uh, okay, look. I think that the problem with even us here in the states. I think that the yeah. problem is. We continuously ask for them to do stuff, but then don't ask, but what will the consequences be? We keep mm -hmm. expecting the same people that cause us harm, that are poison in the air, poison in the water supply, having us divided, giving us shitty uh, politicians, um, uh, and, and, and forcing you to pick between which ones they prop up and put in front of you. And then we don't really think that in the end that they're going to take it away from us or they're going to just 
change it some way to try to control us or do something even more harmful to us. Uh, I think the same thing is happening in, in Germany. I mean, you just look at what's going on in Europe totally right now. You should be mindful and scared that it's uh, something that could happen here in the States. Mm-hmm. It is happening in the States. This is exactly like the U.S. Yeah, but the thing is here, at least you still have the right to say something. Like right now in, in Europe, you can't, they changed the internet rules. You can't talk bad about the government they're like you can't talk bad about the government they'll take your social media account away from you they'll take your they'll take your ability to be online and talk away from you russell brand was talking about how they basically tried to go after him like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like they just did. him speaking so they I mean, did go after doing him. Some dirt. they are it was, it was kind of an open secret so dude was doing some dirt so uh it, it took a long time for that dirt to come out but he was doing some dirt just keep it a buck oh who russell russell brand russell brand no one cared no one no one cared until he changed his life found christ and then started telling people the truth Oh boy! Oh, Russell look Brand. At I think the other. Yeah, problem. that's a sidetrack. Let's keep it on that. This story. <laughs> I'd love to get into that debate with you later on. Oh man, okay. sounds yeah. like I think a rabbit hole. The underlying hole. problem is still that people treat this like it's radioactive waste. Okay. Oh, it's going to yeah. harm everybody. We got to right. be 200 yards from you know Linus side of shit. Fuck you. I'm I'm hiring Stevie Wonder as my expert. Could you see it, Stevie? No. <laughs> Fuck you then. Okay. Hey, I like that bullshit. idea, Dale. That's a that's a yeah, great. I like that. I I think that's a great tactic. I I mean, I think you he know, would definitely know, qualify not, as an expert not, witness. Not blind, right. He's not fully yeah. blind. I'm just he that asshole who likes to fuck with him. This is stupid. They aren't learning from not us. It. Cannabis is safer than almost anything else you could sell to people. Okay. Yeah. And all oh, the children, all this and that. Look, look at the problems. If people are driving intoxicated, okay, let's look at that. All right. And if kids are getting their hands on it, that should not be allowed. Mm-hmm. But if it's, I'm it's a day, you can go to any any gas station right now and pick up a six pack at four in the morning and drive with a six pack and drink it. So it's bullshit. It's bullshit. You can pick up a six pack at four in the morning in Texas. You can't pick up a six pack at four in the morning in California. Two to six, two to six, two to six is the hours of liquor, liquor, liquor sales in California is when it's banned. Yeah. You can still have it in your ice chest. You can still, yeah, you can still possess it. You can have it at your house, anything like that. You just can't legally purchase it from a retailer. That's stupid nitpicky rules. It's very, it's, it's all stupid. stupid It's all dumb. You, we know that Dale. We, we totally agree. (laughs) Um, I, I mean, but I guess this is a real good win, though, for the for 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 home cultivators out there, because they can basically yeah. now um, possess, you know, like just just under three quarters of a pound of weed. Like they're just 36 yeah, grams off of, of three cues. You, you can grow your own fire. You got the right genetics right over there. I mean, if you got the right yeah, power man. Too. You should be able to have as much weed. If it's, it, it can't it can't be legal and it can't be it can't be legit if you can't have as much as you want of it. Look, having a cell phone is legal. I can buy as many cell phones that I want. There is no yep. regulations on how many cell phones that I can buy, purchase, and have. And at my disposal at any given time, I'm a responsible adult. If I wanted to grow 100 pounds of medical marijuana here, if it's legal, and you're telling me it's legal for me to do it, then it should be legitimately legal for me to do it as much as I want to. And if it's legal, I should be able to give it to consenting adults at fair market value and not have to worry about somebody being upset because I'm over here feeding my family. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit, bro. It's it a is. lie. It's a, it's all a lie in order for them to control you. Look, we gave you this until we take it away. That's right. That's right. Until they take yep. it away. And on that, we're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. 
Sick of the December cold? Then fly out to Miami in December for Turp Basil. December 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. Presented by Sherbinsky's at Skatebird in Miami. With tons of your favorite brands in attendance for this four-day event. As well as High at Night News as one of the media with live performances throughout the week by Dead Prez, Mayday, Visions Band, and Washi Fire. So, do like the birds and fly south to Miami for Turk Basil this winter, December 7th through the 10th in Miami, Florida. It's just going to be lit Up out next, there, Up next, it bro. is the cannabis industry's very own Kaiser Brose. And he's known for smoking the best weed in the world and... Uh, thinks my hat is orange. I don't know. That shit is orange. Even the chat thinks his hat is orange, Rico. I think, I think, orange. It's, probably the purple. I think it's probably the purple background is maybe like messing with the color. Nah, it, you, looks like, it looks it, like hot orange. Yeah. looks yeah. like tangerine. Yeah, tangerine. Yeah, tangerine dream right there. Yeah, tangerine dream right there. We say it's the blue dream. That's right. color the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, exactly. At least you're not wearing blue dream hat. Thank God. At least you're Rico actually likes blue dream, though. That's which is the funny part. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Rico, 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 no. Rico, Rico does. doesn't like. He does. Pain. I promise no, you, he does. He does. He does. He, I, I use it medicinally like for my ADHD. Mm -hmm. I don't what? like it. I use it medicinally. It actually oh. helps. It's oh. one of the few strains that actually uh, I can uh, function on, and it calms me the fuck down. Mm -hmm. So, you know. ADHD. Talk shit about you want. Yo, bro, bro. But ADHD is sugar in the brain. Won't you just lower? Won't you just lower your intake? On sugar, okay, and you, you, you won't Dr. need to smoke for horrible. <laughs> yes, that's Dr. all. You need horrible yeah. weed. That's all. That's all cute. Have. That's all. That's all cute. I'm going into my story now, you guys. That's all. That's all yeah, cute, yeah. cute. Yes, because let me tell you something. There's big, big, big news going on in the cannabis space today. Not because of what's happening at MJ Biz or anything like that, but you're gonna. This is one of the most incredible partnerships I think cannabis has brought so far. Let's see what you guys have to say, because Metric and Trees partner to create the first cannabis product catalog in the world. Product and brand information can be accessed and uploaded into retailers' POS systems using the global industry-wide product catalog. With a partnership with Metric Trees, the leading enterprise commerce technology platform for retailers announced today the creation of the cannabis industry's first global product catalog. Ensuring accuracy and reliability, the global product catalog will empower retailers with a trusted master database to deliver consistent product information and shopping experience across cannabis retailers nationwide. Uh, though this partner through this partnership, Trees and Metric will streamline the process of creating product information in Metric, the existing source of uh, truth for product information, while removing the need to upload and maintain data across downstream platforms. The collaboration not only reduces labor hours for operators, but also enhances the overall consumer experience by e by eliminating duplicates and efficiencies associated with the manual data entry. As Tree's co-founder and CEO John Young says, we want to provide retailers with a standardized product catalog that will help them gain a competitive advantage by reducing manual labor hours and saving them time and money. As a result, the global product catalog retailers can buy a loyal uh, customer base and they can count on re resulting in increased sales and growing the entire industry. 
By partnering with trees, Metric emphasizes the crucial role of the point of sale in the cannabis supply chain, ensuring seamless information dissemination throughout the cannabis ecosystem, creating a stronger industry. Creating an industry-wide standard model for sharing information requires the involvement of all retailers, brands, wholesalers, and other POS providers and technology providers. Trees is the lead partner in the Global Product Catalog Initiative. And metric and POS systems are burdened with the cumbersome task of sourcing and entering um, inaccurate product details and lab results. Lack of uniformity not only increases labor costs uh, managing information across multiple platforms, but also negatively impacts consumer experiences, resulting in sales losses. Streamlining the data entry process allows retailers to focus on customer service and, and strategic initiatives, fostering agility in a rapidly changing market. After the cannabis sector expands and innovates, a global product catalog will be crucial, said Metric CEO Michael Johnson. Beyond the immediate time-saving advantages for retailers, its far-reaching impact offers access to brand and product information, bolstering operations for business businesses across the supply chain and elevating the consumer experience. Together with Trees and Metric created a solution that fast that fast uh fasters efficiency and empowers operators. This partnership was a natural fit, they say. And uh, everyone knows about Trees. They're a software platform, they're a POS software software yada 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 and with its extensible open api platform you can integrate it seamlessly into e-commerce delivery customer relationship management marketing loyalty programs accounting and erp solutions with a dedicated client service team 24 7 support retailers have everything they need to succeed they say well 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 what do you guys think about this and is this actually going to streamline the process in regards with retailers and product with metric partnering up with trees and now is trees now like the official POS for cannabis sales since they've partnered with metric does this does this create a un a awkward situation for other POS suppliers I don't know what do you guys think this is Jason Beck for the high at nine news this is monopoly yeah this is a takeover bro I don't think metric should be, don't think metric should be able to collude with any uh, um, uh, with any uh, software provider, um, I think it's a huge, huge, huge win for uh, Trees um, because they get to be associated with Metric, and, and Metric really controls the um, uh, the track and trace game in the U.S. But um, like we saw with the Michigan Supreme Court, like until it's federally legalized, like there are no monopolies, so this can happen. Well, you know, it's I responsible for protecting data. That's my concern. I would guess there's metric. There's a lot of data that's in metric. I would guess metric would be responsible for that. That would be my guess. I mean, because they they already, think that they already it, have it's it. not going to be a concern until the government sees it takes off and it's really, really, really doing good. And then the government wants the data, and then that's where you're going to hear a big thing about. Because look what's going on now. All of these governments are in concert working together in order to try to mess over everybody. Why do you think we even have a TikTok now? It's data. Like, that's the new thing is data. Mm -hmm. So once this kicks off and because and, they're going to sit back and they're going to let them do everything to get it right, hoping they get it right, because they're going to want to go after the data. They're going to want to know who's consuming, who's purchasing, how frequently they're purchasing, where they're traveling. They're going to want the data. The government will get behind that. I promise you that much. They'll <laughs> even let them exist and let them hold a monopoly a, a while, you know, uh, as long as they get the data. That's what matters. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. It's, it's kind of an oxymoron right off the bat. Uh, but if any new states come on board and they have uh, uh, any 
scruples about them. They have any, uh, they hold sacred to them, uh, uh, to their hearts, the free market, uh, if they will. They just will not take on any more metric deals. Period. I wonder like, if, if, if you were in your cannabis industry, why would you deal with metric if you know that they're colluding with uh, the uh, with the software, uh, um, uh, the software pl- uh, platform, which most uh, um, uh, cannabis operators, you, you're going to want all in one, right? You're not going to want to go to this vendor and this vendor and try to like do a bunch of stuff. You're want to you're going to probably going to want to get up and running as soon as possible, and um, it's it's a full time corporate jet move, man. <laughs> I, I just wonder. I wonder if BioTrack is in talks with creating something similar with an, an alternative well, POS provider. Here. Yeah, that would be interesting. Then you'd have I mean, like Coke and Pepsi. If, they, if they're not in talks, they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're so far behind the metric at this point. Yeah, but I, I, I you know, I, I think that this is. Uh, I agree with Anna. Uh, Anna in the chat. Anna says uh, it's all for show, and I, I, I agree that it is all for show. But I do think that it actually will streamline the process for people that are using uh, Tree software because I can't tell you how many hours I've sat and had to input information. But the one thing that I will say too is that. If they're going to input the exact same information that's in metric, it's going to be crazy hard for people to understand and read because how metric words things and and writes things uh, as far as for product descriptions is just insane and crazy. And like normal people aren't going to be able to read that or understand it. And so I think there's still going to be some time where you're going to have to like manually enter this stuff or maybe edit a lot of this stuff. So then that way it's in a uh, easily digestible form of information for people to understand. What happens when a serious problem with a mandated system going into um, a voluntary relationship with a commercial enterprise, because these mandated systems have access to governmental entities. Metric is overseen here in California by the DCC. Mm -hmm. They can look at they can look up your skirt anytime they want. And if you partner up with a company that's out doing commercial activity and collecting a lot of extra data on people, Where's the boundary? This is the problem I have with all these goddamn data collecting companies Who controls it because the government's watching you. I don't give a shit what you think's going on. They're watching you. You can get this information. And because there's constitutional rights, including gun rights, voting rights, a lot, you know, criminal rights Mm -hmm. involved in all this stuff. I have a real problem because I don't trust any of these son of bitches farther than I can throw them. I'm with you, Dale, 100 percent on that. Dale, do you think that one of these other POSs uh, should band together and maybe file some type of a lawsuit against this to prohibit this uh, this merger from taking place? Well, of, of course I do. I'm just trying to think of what are the grounds. Because this is all federally illegal, mm-hmm. okay? You're all talking about stuff that's against federal law, and that line is still a delicate one. We're not getting enforced because there's a continuing resolution that's about as tenuous as it can get. And this is all against federal law. That's why your fundamental gun rights are involved. We're still dancing around. If you get caught with weed, now you can lose your gun rights. You can mm-hmm. have all kinds of problems. Your voting rights can go away. You can be accused of a crime and if you're trying to cut a deal with somebody in trees, okay, and keep track of all that data, and it's against the law, at what point is the federal government going to roll in and say, oh, you stepped over the line, you're outside the Rohrbacher FAR, whatever the latest spending preclusion is, we're going to go after you, and you cherry-picked us the data and handed it to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, yeah. that's that's the dystopian state I don't want to see, but that's where we're heading. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I think uh, my, my one... 
I think one of the big qualms that I have with it, because I work for a software company too, software breaks, software yeah. crashes, right? And if, if you have like both of these major points of your business, the two uh, most important parts of, uh, of, your, of your retail um, uh, operation when it comes to software is, is number one, your POS and, the, uh, POS and track and trace, right? And so if you have them both with two different companies, but they're colluding and what happens when it crashes? You're not down just one system. You're down two of the most important components of your operation there. Mm-hmm. What then? You are on the uh, you're on the hook for being compliant, and you're back to doing paper tickets. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What happens when they hack you? I, I love paper tickets. You know why? Because those paper tickets, you just throw them in the paper shredder when you're done with them. Yeah. Exactly. And on that end, is end is there's no trail. That, that, that's why that's why that's why you get one of those cross cut paper shredders. You know what I mean? You get those get those yeah. real good ones. That's right. But coming up, micro shredder. Yes. Yeah. Coming up next. That's right. He at one point in time did some time for a cannabis crime, and now he is the head partner of Armada Law Practice. That's right. It is everyone's favorite angry uncle. That's right. It's none other than Mr. Dale Schaefer. Uh, hello, everybody. Favorite Tio Loco. Yeah. My grandkids call me Tio Papa. Okay. My story today comes out of Florida and it's a pissing match in the hemp industry. And I'm honestly don't know what the outcome of this is going to be, but it brings up some important points about um, federal law jurisdiction. We call abstention, don't take the case, the dormant commerce clause, and whether um, an administrative agency overstepped its bounds. Uh, after a given enabling authority in a state statute. And the head, this comes out of Law 360. Headline is Florida Hemp Company Spar Over Out-of-State Sales Under uh, a 2019 Law. <clears throat> now, we, we passed at a federal level the, the um, farm bill, and it basically legalized hemp. It's got all kinds of problems because they define hemp in a way that everybody's brother can get around. So the states under the 10th Amendment maintain jurisdiction over what we call traditional police powers. And that means the health, safety, welfare of your citizens. You can make laws that are not in direct conflict with the federal constitution or some federal laws that might preempt them. What happened in 2019, Florida passed a hemp bill that required hemp to be grown in state, manufactured, transported, sold in state. That was their concern was basically in state. But they amended that law to add a provision which required that uh, you cannot distribute or sell um, hemp products that are attractive to children. And that's where the problem really started here is because once they passed that bill, it seems to me they had been watching some hemp companies that were making a lot of products that would fall in this category. So they passed this amendment, I think in July of this year, and they sent out a warning letter to everybody in the hemp industry. Be careful. If you're making these goods, they're unlawful under Florida law. Well, um, this hemp company apparently had decided that we're going to blow this shit up. We're going to make a whole lot of these products and sell them out of state. And um, the Florida, the Florida, the equivalent of our Department of Cannabis Control in Florida. Let me get the name because everyone's got it. The Florida Board of Ag Agriculture and Consumer Services. That's a mouthful of shit. They control this industry. Okay, they went to this um, facility 
and, the, and they looked around and they said, you guys got way too much of the stuff here. Under Florida law, you're not supposed to um, have it in your possession. It's not supposed to be distributed because it's attractive to children. But whoever was there on the part of this company called them out and said, well, what part of the law says that? So they walked away and didn't give them any, any stop orders, basically. They came back the last day of October, walked in and said, now we got a stop order for nine of your products because they're attractive to children and you can't store them in our state if they're gonna be sold out of state. And that's where the pissing match really started because the Florida law is not specific that it involves in-state or out-of-state products. It's just, you can't distribute. When you read the definitions in Florida, there's cultivation, there's distribution, but in between everything other than cultivation seems to be covered by this distribution definition. You can't manufacture it, move it around, store it, sell it, okay? And so the company that got these nine stop orders and it looked like their entire business model was based on making the shit and selling it in the internet over out of state. They got all these products stopped. They couldn't sell them, couldn't move them. They got irritated and they ran the next day, basically went to federal court and filed a federal case against them saying they exceeded their, their authority under this state statute, which is unconstitutional that they violated the commerce clause here by preventing us from doing out-of-state sales and that uh, we want injunctions and declaratory relief and things like that. And the state um, didn't respond right away because they got 30 days to respond, but this was an emergency procedure. They had a hearing where the um, court was questioning um, the jurisdiction of the court over this, this was basically a state pissing match. It goes, you know, why are we in the middle of this? You guys can resolve it. And then a couple weeks after that, well, actually a week after that, the, the company uh, filed an administrative appeal that you, this is not attractive to children and you can't stop us from selling out of state. That was their administrative appeal. Okay. Well, that appeal is still in the process. And the court, uh, had a status conference said where do we stand here and the status is that we're in the middle of an administrative proceeding that could um, solve the issue and take away any constitutional challenges because if the administrative de determination is it's not attractive to children or that you can't stop at a out of state sales the issue solved okay that's where it stands and so over the weekend on friday the uh, um state filed another what we call a motion to dismiss. You didn't state a, a, a cause of action here, so we want it dismissed. And in the alternative, the court should abstain from getting involved in this because we have a state action going on that could resolve this. There are unsettled state questions that could be resolved here. <clears throat> and over the weekend, and this is why litigation is so goddamn expensive, from Friday till Monday, three pleadings were filed. So somebody stayed up all weekend long looking at the shit and writing. And there was a hearing on the 28th over this. I haven't got the results yet. But the court is being asked to step into a question that is not really um, settled under state law. And the federal courts are, one of their basic theories is we don't want to uh, determine something constitutional until all the underlying issues are really settled. We don't want to go in and say it's unconstitutional and then have the state come back and litigate the damn thing again because the federal decision is not binding on the state. 
binding on the federal government. That's part of the problems we have here. <clears throat> so this is going to be ongoing. Okay? And the question is, can the state under these state hemp laws or any of these cannabis laws prevent you from making products you're going to sell out of state? And since this is federal legal, it, it kind of muddies the waters up here a bit. The other issue here that we're going to see in the federal level is how much authority does it, um, a regulatory agency have and when do they have to stop and go back to their policy-making legislature or Congress to get more authority to do things. That's going to be part of this. We've had the EPA was told in the federal case last year that you exceed your authority to go back to Congress. A new case just got taken by the Supreme Court by the Securities and Exchange Commission asking the same question. And the Dormant Commerce Clause, I think, is going to be a problem here for these plaintiffs because that only protects out-of-state uh, people trying to get into commerce in a state. This is the opposite way around. I don't think the Dormant Commerce Clause is going to help them here. Anyway, for geeks, for attorneys, this has got a lot of questions. For people going into the industry, if you're going to bet your farm on doing something that the state could stop you from doing, you might want to go in and preemptively ask the state for a decision before you go bet your entire business. Because they're now arguing, hey, we're going to be put out of business if you don't let us sell the shit out of, out of state. Well, if your business model is doing something that you don't know if you have a right to do, and the entire business is going to fail because of that, you know, I don't know if you want to put yourself in that position voluntarily. Is this business, they're not going to get this thing resolved. I don't think the court's going to stop them, the state, from doing this. And we'll, we'll stand by to see. Okay, this is a whole lot of nerd, geeky lawyer shit, but it's relevant to the industry because hemp is still trying to compete with cannabis, and the states are still stepping all over people doing things that other industries are allowed to do. That's my story for today. Throw it back at you. What do you guys think? Man, Dale, this sounds like a whole like cumbersome drawn out process that is not going to find any solution anytime soon well and that's part of the problem because in this administrative proceeding if the administrative law judge says hey this is not attractive to children boom the whole case goes away mm -hmm. or if they say hey you can't stop out-of-state sales the whole case goes away and this company's arguing hey if you don't get this thing settled like tomorrow we're going out of business and administrative law it, you know, you get typically 15 to 30 days to do things. And it's just, it's not conducive to emergency proceedings. Uh, and this is this is out of Florida, right, Dale? It's out of Florida, yes. Oh, man, I have a story coming up later in the show today that is actually going to touch on this exact topic, Dale. So, oh, man, I wonder if you think that this, that th this other story is going to have any involvement in this case. Well, let's see. Florida's a shit show right now for a multitude of reasons. It's not really business friendly, cannabis and hemp, unless you're one of those companies that's lucky enough to be in that stream of commerce. So, let's or, see. I'm or unless unless you're going to Terp Basil, where you can have four days of vending in Miami, Florida. Um, Jason, what's the what is the uh, the sentiment on the street um, uh, from a retailer's perspective? On um, do you still believe that hemp and THC should be treated equally? 
Well, they 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 they, the they, they have they haven't been from the beginning, so why should they be? Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, I'm saying like, uh, do you, do you believe that they should be? I think I think if we're gonna if we're gonna switch anything, I think all hemp branded hemp products should be sold strictly in cannabis stores, not in any other type of uh, of retail outlet, and then and then retailers can uh can can uh redesign part of their part of their retails to encompass a a hemp portion for people that want non psychoactive products. To me, that would make the most sense. So sort of like Germany, I agree. Doing, the liberalization. I as you called it earlier. Oh, exactly God, that is not liberalization. Stop the case. Yo, that is Rico's way of sticking it to the man. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> That's exactly what Germany's doing right now. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that they can't do CBD or hemp products, except for uh, they, they fall under the jurisdiction of all their cannabis or THC laws. Mm -hmm. Exactly. you say that, Jason? It's all just so stupid. They're trying to prevent intoxication. Oh, oh. Yeah. So... They, they draw this definition about THC, and then they come in with all these other products that are intoxicants. You go, well, what's your purpose here? We can buy these intoxicants in the goddamn stop and rob around the corner. What are you guys trying to accomplish here? It's all fucking stupid. If you've ever smoked hemp before, and I did as a kid, it's like, you know this is shit because it don't get you high. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a bunch of definitions and a lot to tell you, you smoke hemp, you ain't going to get high. And if you're trying to get high, don't smoke hemp. Yeah, yep. that's it. It's just that simple. Yep. And on that, we got to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. We still got three more stories to get through. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Oh, yeah. Stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. You're going to like it. We're going to like it. And YouTube is going to like it. Also, make sure that you are subscribed to the channel if you have not subscribed already. And as of January 1st, we are going to be moving the channel to Hyatt 9 News, H-I-G-H-A-T-N-I-N-E-N-E-W-S. Adam is going to throw up a link in the chat so then that way you can subscribe ahead of time. But the live stream show will be going there as of January 1st and... We will have tons of other content that will be coming to you here here at the Hyatt 9 News Channel as well. And all of the articles that we cover today, you can also find on our website at www.hyatt9news.com. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. Oh, oh yeah, bringing us our next story is the self-proclaimed most feared black Latin man alive. He's a political leader, artist, activist, entrepreneur, and you know what? He's a Russell Brand apologist. No, I'm just messing with you, brother. He is Antoine Tony Mondeca. Thank you, thank you very much for the great Rico giving me the introduction. And for my story today, and on behalf of all of my uh, my, my uh, co-hosts here, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. And for all the support, please make sure you like, share, and subscribe. 
And for my story today, I need Adam in the future to get Rico. I need a sound. I need a soundbite of Rico saying the trap always wins, and then we have to somehow make it like dramatic because this story, the trap always wins. Pricey Virginia medical marijuana driving patients to illicit market studies. The trap always wins. Sticker shock at the medical marijuana dispensaries in Virginia is spurring patients in the state seek cheaper alternatives, according to a recent study presented by, to the Cannabis Control Authority. Jason, you should be on the Cannabis Control Authority's board. I don't know why you're not. I should. You're right. That includes the illicit markets in Virginia, as well as nearby cannabis retailers in other states. Renault Cardinal News reported citing the study. A measure legalizing recreational cannabis in Virginia was signed into law in 2021. But efforts to enact the adult use statute have stalled in the state's General Assembly. In the meantime, Virginia medical marijuana patients reported paying as much as $19 per gram robbery for flower products in states limited MMJ, which we would just say medical marijuana markets. So for now, when you hear me say MMJ is medical marijuana markets. Uh, all right. According to the 78-page report uh, released Tuesday, those high prices compelled 90% of the Virginia's MMJ patients to try other sources, including considerably cheaper cannabis from unregulated but not necessarily illicit providers. The trap always wins. Cardinal News reported, <laughs> cannabis consumers in Northern Virginia, for example, <laughs> can travel to Maryland, where the average... Per gram cost in adult use stores is $9.27, saving you $10. And in Washington, D.C., where the loose regular, uh, regularizations have allowed MMJ dispensaries to proliferate, the average price is $8.73 per gram. In Virginia, 58% of MMJ patients reported growing cannabis at home, while 75.2% reported acquiring marijuana from a friend or family, the study noted. There are only 21 MMJ dispensaries in Virginia, or one retailer per 413,505 uh, residents, according to the study. One of the highest dispensaries to population ratio in the country, and they still can't get the trap out the way. Things could change in January after newly elected lawmakers are sworn in and Democrats take control of both chambers of Virginia legislation. That means they're going to start locking you up. Okay, however, Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin has previously opposed efforts to roll out a legal recreational market. He mess around and will not get reelected. What do you guys think in the chat and in the comments? And of course, I need to know what my co-hosts are thinking. Does the trap always win? Will he always send us to the trap? You tell me. Trap always wins. Trap always as, wins. As, yes. as long as there's wrong, as long as we, uh, these, these people are trying to suppress freedom, mm -hmm. there will always be a freedom market. Mm -hmm. You know, a genius gave me the story this morning. A genius gave me the story. He's like, this was perfect. The trap always wins. The only thing I thought of when I read this was, Rico, I need a soundbite of Rico saying, the trap always wins. I'm going to just make it dramatic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, you know what? You know what's funny in regards to that is Vermont Alternative, Willie says in the chat, he says, uh, trap don't always win, but it will never lose. What? <laughs> oh, shout out to Willie in the chat. 
Yeah, up in Vermont. <laughs> Shout out, Willie. Oh, man. I, I mean, none of this surprises me that this is happening at all in Virginia. I mean, they, they're, they're operating on a, a very regulated marketplace out there. They want to stop people from doing everything. And then you have D.C. right next door, which is basically you just self-certify that you're whatever you want to be and you can, you can be in there buying weed. So I just... I just don't I just I just don't get it. This this it's like right there. Like and then you have Maryland that's doing crazy numbers in sales because of the prohibition in Virginia. And this is just just crazy to me. They're losing so Maryland much tax revenue. Right now. Maryland. Yeah. I remember when it first became legal in DC when I used to go to the dispensaries, they would say, Buy a cookie for ten dollars and we'll give you the marijuana that you think you like. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why can't I just buy the marijuana? You keep the cookie, I don't eat that stuff anyway. And they're like, No, no, no. In order for you to get this plant, you need to get this cookie. Mm-hmm. And that was years ago. I don't know what it's like now. Get this cookie. Get that cookie. Yeah, There's exactly. a market for weed. <laughs> and if you got weed, people are going to buy it from you. And they're looking for the cheapest price. They don't give a shit about a COA. They want to know what it looks like. Does it get me high? And what's the best price? Mm-hmm. And that's why the trap is always going to win. Facts. Always. Always. Oh, Facts. And I think we need to, yo, you know what? I would put I would put money up. Maybe we could do it the first of the year when we switch to the new thing, but I will put money up with you, uh, boss man, to get some shirts made so we could sell it off of the site, man, and, and put the put it back to the site. That way the site could do good. I think that'd be really dope. We could put Rico's face on it too. Yes. Rico Rico, you'd be the face of the trap, Rico. Yes. <laughs> you could be you could be super I'm that trap serious. Master. I'm dead serious. I'm gonna talk to my guy about the, uh, pressing some t-shirts up, man. I probably get like a thousand t-shirts. Maybe we could do a good giveaway or something like that to, I'm, to some I'm, of the loyal down, uh, I'm drivers. Down, I'm, I'm uh, down with all of that. Deal. I got to connect with my partner. You're not in New York no more. Um, you know what? Now you know what, boss man. I'm gonna pay for it out of pocket myself. This is gonna be my con- my contribution to the channel. Get We're gonna it. get some get shirts it. up and give away. Get it. Get it. We're gonna do that, man. Rico, Rico, you should talk to 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 Tony about this later, and maybe they will be toasty teas, all hemp fabric. You never know. Oh man. man. Next thing you know, we'll have high at nine news merch in every smoke shop over here in Houston, Texas, because Tony I'm with a proliferator. I'm with that. I'm I'm all about that. But we gotta we gotta go to a commercial. We're gonna be right back. Let's do it, let's do it. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport, or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah, you know what it is. We just stretched, and now we're going to smoke, because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. Oh man, you guys! All right, all right. Here's here's that story, Adam. This is the one that has 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 the has the video, Adam. All right, Adam. Adam is pulling up this video. I really want this uh th- this video to kind of really tell the story, but I will tell you what the headline is, you guys. Because a lawsuit. Oh wait, no. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Hold on. Marijuana edibles eaten 
at Miami Garden School sends a nine-year-old girl home to the hospital, Dale. And this is exactly what your case, I think, is referring to because they say a nine-year-old girl was hospitalized Tuesday after eating marijuana edibles that she thought were airheads at her elementary school in Miami Gardens. Uh, Authorities said uh, Christiana Simolette, who attends Birch Park Elementary, ate a marijuana edible there known as gas heads. Chris Young uh, told her father that she got the edible from a fifth grader at the school on Tuesday morning, and she says she had she and several of her classmates ate the candy and felt like they had very little energy throughout the school day. Some of her classmates even went to the nurse's office after eating the edibles. Are we are we ready with this video, Adam? All right, all right, sweet. Here, here it comes, you guys. Here it comes. She says in a quote, she wasn't herself, she said. She was acting out of the ordinary. I was asking her things like her birthday, and she didn't know it. And this is from her, the mother. Uh, Chauncey Simolette said, it wasn't until later in the day that the family members began to make the connection. And she's <laughs> like, Dad, I have to be, I have to pack right there. Are we ready? All right, let's play this thing, Adam. Right now, at least two students sickened at South Florida schools after eating what they thought was candy. Well, they turned out to be marijuana edibles in local 10's Cody Weddle Live Now. Well, rather, is in Lauderdale Lakes with a warning from parents. Two different kids becoming ill after they ate candies that looked nearly identical to other common candies for kids. But these candies contained THC. He was high. He couldn't stay woke like the whole day he slept. You're looking at a 12 year old who accidentally became high on marijuana. I was upset. I was I was really upset. Christy Bradley says her son Derek Gage ate a marijuana edible at Lauderdale Lakes Middle School on Monday. I felt weird and dizzy. Another student gave it to him, he says, and he had no idea it contained drugs since it looked like a regular candy. It was pink. It wasn't exactly hard. It was like a it felt like a sour patch, but it wasn't a sour patch. It marks the second incident this week of a child accidentally eating marijuana infused candy in our area. I'm feeling good. Feeling better? Yes. At six, we spoke to Christiana Simonette from a hospital bed. The nine year old says she accidentally ate an edible at Bunch Elementary School on Tuesday. That candy was meant to look and taste just like this chewy sour candy called Airheads Extremes. But look closely, the marijuana infused candy is called gas heads. And aside from a tiny pot leaf and the dosage marked at the bottom, the rest of the packaging and graphics are nearly identical. I'm very upset because my son is only 12 years old and he's tested positive for marijuana. We did receive a statement from Miami-Dade Public Schools acknowledging this incident and promising to investigate along with police. We've also reached out to Broward County Public Schools as well, but we have so far not heard back. Well, 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 Dale, what do you think about that in regards with your story? Well, I'd say the major difference is if you eat a, a hemp gummy and someone takes you to the hospital, they should have their fucking head examined. Yeah, um, now, it, it's a different kind of product. I mean, it, it, we, California has the same sort of thing. You, you can't make them attractive or advertise and market towards children. I get it. Um, I, I just have a different outlook. I worked in an emergency room for years, and people who run their kids down because their kid got a gummy or, or something like that, thinking, oh, my kid's going to die, 
uh, if their kid, you know, took a couple of shots of grandpa's whiskey and was sitting on the corner, you, you wouldn't run them to the emergency room because, you know, they're mm -hmm. going to die. We just don't have the experience amongst the population to know what to do. And one of the uses for cannabis for children is to give them a dose that knocks their ass out. Mm -hmm. It's expected. So there's a lot in this that is built off of hysteria. Uh, first of all, I don't think that any kid should be having these kinds of products at school. You should be looking at their parents. How in the hell did you get your hands on these things? And the parents should, you know, it's like that woman got well, these for her kid going in and shooting somebody. They, they hit her with a marijuana charge. And you should be looking at the family. How is this getting into school? These are, well, Dale, 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 these are, these, these are 100% trap products, 100% trap products. So, so the, the, that, but somebody bought them. They did. A little kid didn't go into a trap shop and buy them. No, that's that, that, that part is true. I think they got, I think they said that they got it from a fifth grader. I think in the story it, it says. Yeah. But that fifth grader, if a trap shop well, selling this shit to a fifth grader, and the industry should go in there and kick their ass. Why are you selling? This I, stuff I, to I totally agree. We need, totally need to self-regulate in, in, in that respect. And even Willie elaborates that. He says, prime example of trapping without honor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. it's laissez-faire capitalism. Yeah. You have the any thoughts on this, Tony? We should, oh, go ahead, Dale. Sorry. We shouldn't be having substances like this in school. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, it, it's, in high school, it's a different story because everybody wants to experiment. But this is an elementary school. Why are people? Why are kids bringing these things to elementary schools? How they get their hands on them? That's a right. bigger issue. But a kid eating a, a gummy that goes and takes a nap for a while, we've got to deal with that in a more mature way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had people, kids in my family, get a hold of some some stray edibles, and you know they kind of chuckled at him because one of my granddaughters was I'm hungry eating every damn thing in the house. The other one's like, I don't know. I feel weird, Papa. What's going on? Well, mm -hmm. what'd you eat? You know, fuck. I mean, and this is shit. this is the second story that we've already covered just exactly like this this week. The first one was on the school bus, and yeah. this was was actually in the class. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it, the concern is fentanyl. Yeah. I mean, that's the big scary thing. If, if kids are bringing this stuff in and we don't know what's in it, it could contain fentanyl. But scaring kids doesn't work to get them to stop from doing shit. I mean, I was a kid once. I was a teenager. You tell me it's dangerous to me? Fuck, I'm going to go do it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, just analysts the wrong way. And on that, we're gonna we're gonna roll right into this to this last story. This Rico, I know you've been waiting for this one, cause yeah, oh man, and I'll tell you who didn't wake up on the good side of the bed this morning today. It's gonna be Kim Rivers out there in Vegas right now, because the lawsuit blames negligence by plant owner, HVAC contractors for cannabis workers' asthma death. You guys. It's a sad story. A lawsuit has been filed over what has been identified as the cannabis industry's first asthma workplace death. The cannabis firm has not yet responded to the lawsuit, and the worker's mother claims that the death of her daughter was the result of the negligence by the cannabis facility's owner along with their safety manager in failing to provide adequate safety training and maintaining their machinery. Uh, McMurray, 27, died of occupational asthma in January of 2022 after being hospitalized for severe asthma attack as a result of exposure to hazard hazardous airborne ground cannabis dust and or mold. The uh, the Bruni the the Bruniau complaint filed in Hampton County Superior Court against Trulieve claims that the air in the pre-roll production room was thick with sticky cannabis dust. 
sometimes referred to as keef, and that workers would leave the facility covered in the sticky substance. McMurray suffered an asthma attack after the fil- <clears throat> after the filter in one of the grinding machines was removed and found to be found filled with moldy cannabis product. The suit maintains that uh, McMurray was never provided with a uh, particularized safety training and that true leave exposed workers to a hazardous work environment the suit alleges that true leave knew or should have known that increased exposure to the dust mold put workers at risk of developing respiratory and allergic disease including asthma and the suit claims the hvac system failed to adequately ventilate and the grinding machines were defective because they could be operated without the proper air filters osha fined truly fourteen thousand five hundred and two dollars for one citation related to the classification of hazardous materials and federal and massachusetts officials found that the company had workers compensation insurance at the time of the incident and that mcmurney did not have asthma prior to starting at the cannabis facility true leave said it provided worker health protections at holyoke facility including industrial air uh, handling systems personal protection equipment and following appropriate protocols, including promptly calling 911 and administering uh, CPR. TrueLeave uh, purchased a 150-year-old property in 2019 and renovated it over several years, and the final space was more than 150,000 square feet. Well, it sounds like TrueLeave is going to end up paying a lot more money than $14,000, but I want to see what you guys have to say in regards to this debacle. I think I the, the um, questions about um, the standard operating policies and procedures for people being in a room where you can anticipate there's going to be a lot of dust, I think they're going to have to be refined in the industry and providing what they call PPE, personal protective equipment, for people that are going to work in that room. Mm-hmm. Now, my concern is if you know you have asthma and you're going to go into an environment where there's a whole lot of dust and things in the air it's like you know this is going to be there it's like okay now now what okay you're going to walk into a place where you know you're going to have a problem are you telling them i have asthma are you telling this is a problem for me you put them on notice it's a whole different story than you walk in there you breathe this shit you have an asthma attack and you die and i still have a question about why is this out of work comp and how is this a personal right for wrongful death it's a work comp thing I don't think that this claim goes anywhere, Dave. I'm not as uh, as steward as you are in law, but I think that they would have to show that the person tried numerous times to change the conditions and nothing happened. And then because of their derelictness, then the the, the, the result in would be the person dying. But then still, Got even it. then, right, Dave? It's like, it's like, yo, dude, you know you have asthma. Did you not have any masks? Did you not wear any protective masks? Did you not try at all to tell them, look, I have asthma, it's bothering me, put me in a different location, in a different area so I can work in there? And if there are no documentation showing that, then I think that this lawsuit is absolutely frivolous. Well, I, 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 I've done work comp in California. I've done personal injury in California. And so I still have that question about a private right of action for an on-the-job injury, which is the death here. That's a, a legal concern for me, but I still have the, the questions about who's going to, an occupational safety and health is going to come in and impose more rules on the industry, including, you know, asking questions and providing this PPE. And if somebody needs a reasonable accommodation, there are some things that just can't be accommodated. If you've got asthma and you're going to work in a highly 
um, dusty environment, maybe that's not a job you should take or we should allow you to be in. It's it's too dangerous. Oh, well, it's I like, think, yo, it's like, to me, I, oh, just real quick. You smoke cigarettes, you get cancer. Then you want to turn around and, and sue um, um, the, the people you got, you know, the people are Newport because you got cancer from it. Bro, you chose to smoke. You chose to work there. You knew you had underlying medical conditions and you still put yourself in an environment that was not good for you. Mm-hmm. I, I just well, other industries deal with this all the time, Tony. <clears throat> We're just now beginning to see these questions come up in the cannabis industry. And I mean, I've I've handled, you know, death claims where someone breathes stuff on the job and they don't have adequate PPE. They're not trying to vent rooms and things like that. This could be fixed by better ventilation in a room. And, you know, I try to tell my clients that if you're going to put somebody in a dangerous environment, Make it as clean as you can, but if this person can't handle a dangerous environment, don't try to accommodate them. Tell them, yeah. find some other job for you, or I'm or sorry, we can't them. hire you. Yeah, exactly. And 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 it says in here, it says in here, it says it says the suit alleges that TrueLeave knew or should have known that increased exposure to the dust mold put workers at risk for developing respiratory and allergic diseases, including asthma. Well, then the person who had asthma should have known going into a place full of dust. And working in there nonstop puts themselves in harm's way. Like at the end of the day, it's like I just feel like we are not allowing adults to be held responsible for their actions. I mean, if you have a peanut allergy, yeah, I just you have a peanut allergy, Tony. Do you go work at a peanut factory? You understand? Like, it's, and it's the equivalent to the same thing. That's why I think this is a frivolous lawsuit. I think that you can sue anyone for anything you want. Ultimately, though, you being paid out for it, I don't see them paying out for it. I don't think that, it's in Massachusetts, um, Tony. That. It's in Massachusetts. But you look all right. Look, watch this though. In order for them to even have that room, regulators already came in there. They already looked at the ventilation system. They already approved everything. That's the reason why everything went ahead, and 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 they had the production because they did everything what they were supposed to do in the first place to open up an operation. When you know you have pre-existing conditions, it is your responsibility as an adult to keep yourself safe. When you realize you're in a room, you can hardly breathe, you're having issues. This didn't just happen one time. When you're going in, you have asthma, you're short of breath, you're realizing something is wrong, you have to talk to your co-workers or try to be put somewhere else. Or leave. No one is forcing you to work here either. It's your cho choice to work here. I think I think I, I think True Leave is gonna I think True Leave is gonna lose is gonna lose this case personally. You think otherwise, and we're gonna keep you guys posted in regards to what happens uh with, with the ongoings in regards to this case. But uh that pretty much you have any other final thoughts, Dale Tony? I just think we're still in the process of figuring out how to do this industry. And because it's so highly regulated, people think that, oh, it's got to be a special industry. No, it's it's an industry. It has some of its foreseeable issues and consequences. And if the state says, like Tony said, hey, we come in and inspect it. You meet all of our OSHA requirements. Now, how do we deal with people who are hypersensitive or you know, want an accommodation? You don't have to hire the handicapped if you can't accommodate them. And that's just something... Business-friendly jurisdictions understand. Well, Dale, we'll just see. I have a question about this. Real, like, what about what about the fact that you know that she had asthma? I understand. I understand all that. But what about the fact that there was all of this moldy weed, and the fact that the certain protocols weren't weren't put in place to make sure that the product was clean? There weren't these types of moldy contaminants that were growing on the plants, and then also combining at the bottom of this uh, sifter. It sounds like. 
Well, I, I've also had family members work in agriculture. And if you go into an agricultural packing shed or some other business that's working on agricultural products, you're going to get all sorts of dust and mold. I mean, it's part of the business. You cannot make the world safe. Your fucking bulldozer mother cannot come in and make every goddamn business in the world safe for you. Okay, mm -hmm. you've got to have a dialogue. And if you're, if you are so sensitive to stuff, you should be very careful. Ask and let it be known. Ask for an accommodation. And as a business owner and an HR director, you should be seriously asking: Can we accommodate you? Should you be in here with that condition? If you tell us yeah, you've got, uh, maybe we Jason. have to get. Yep, go for it, Tony. Jason, look. Real quick, brother. Look, when you have unprotected sex with a woman, it's fertile. What happens? Uh, it depends on if your pullout game is strong enough. Yeah, but no, but you don't pull out. You you nut in hell. What happens? She, Baby happens, right? It Normal. could. It, you got a, you got, you got a time, probability right? of it. Okay, you have asthma. You walk into a room. You know it's dusty. What do you think is going to happen? You're going to have an asthma attack. You constantly put yourself in this room and in this environment, and now you die for the love of weed. You know what? See, this hold on. person shouldn't be. I, I agree with you guys on the common sense argument. I totally agree with you guys on that aspect. However, in regards to when it comes to what happens in a courtroom and in law, this is being held in a Massachusetts court, and I'm that, and that's why I believe that the company is going to be held liable. I got 100 push-ups that the company doesn't pay. I got 100 push-ups that they're going to not have I got 100 push-ups that they pay something. Okay, you're gonna have one yeah. of your workers do the hundred push-ups. I'm, you, and, I'm not and either, stupid, either, either, and, 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 no, and, and 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 we will film it and we'll throw it on a video on YouTube. Yes, Whoever, we'll, yes and we'll throw it yes. on a video on YouTube. Yep, facts. That's right. And every time I got, every time I come down, I gotta say, I gotta look at the camera and I gotta say, Jason, you were right. And then I'm gonna come up again. That's right. right? I'm with that. I'm uh, with that. I'm he's going to make his work. Listen, everyone watching now the show, he's going to make one of the, somebody around him do it. He's going to give him a pound of weed or something to do the 100 push ups. He's not going to do the push ups. I'm 100% going to do the push ups. I'm going to tell you. 100%. You're right. 100%. Boof, Tony. It's going to be. <laughs> I got to bounce, guys. All right, you guys. Be... Hey, we're going to close this show out. Yes, we're going to close this show out today. Thank you all, all of our sponsors, everyone tuning in on the regular basis. This is High at Nine News, America's number one daily cannabis news show. Enjoy your day, everybody. Bye.